Look no further. You found it. The purchaser of the non-fungible token of Ralph Lauren's nuts. It's the Japan What Podcast, blowing hot air to the back end of Tokyo, right next to Kabuki Joe. My name is Matt Bigelow. With me as always on this bi-weekly podcast is... It's your boy, 120 local anime black character in Japan. Welcome, everybody. It's, uh, the state of emergency has been lifted and we're in the middle of Shinjuku in kind of a party zone in this, uh, very tiny studio we managed to book. And I've noticed people are back. I mentioned it last time. Yeah. More people are out. I didn't see any women vomiting in the streets this time. Not yet. But, uh, I saw a lot of people out after eight. We're supposed to be done by nine. We might even have some background music by, uh, some certain revelers coming through the microphones. And there we go. So, man, Sakura season's in full bloom. We That's got, right. got everything going on. Streets were full on the way here, actually. Yeah. 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 I was like, I have to kind of push my way through sometimes. We're going to have a pandemic blues, mm. you know, where mm. we could just go anywhere and do anything and not worry about anybody else being there. Let me play devil's advocate. What do you think about that? Like, because not everyone has the vaccine right now. We don't know about this. I don't know about this vaccine. It scares the crap out of me, to be honest. You're going to put a microchip in your butt. Well, the thing is, is, um, you know, I'm not anti-vaxxer. I just had a newborn son, and I've been taking him to the hospital every other week, and mm-hmm. they jab him full of vaxes as much as we can get him in there. But just this one is not approved by the FDA. The AstraZeneca is being pulled back. It's approved for emergency use by government authorities, but it's not FDA approved. And some of these vaccines have like an 85% efficacy rate for a disease where you have more than a 98% chance of surviving it. So I'm not sure. And then and then all these things like we don't have the right ones coming through. Mm-hmm. We didn't get this one through. We're going to pull this one. You're not ready yet. So there's like – it's not like it's a solution. It just feels like it's another – It's a Band-Aid, man. Uh, yeah, it just – it also Band-Aid. feels like – it's a supply chain control mechanism where we, mm. we don't know where it's coming from, where it's going. And they're like, yeah, maybe sometimes people can get extras if you right. can. Right. But if you want, you can register your ID with a QR code and we will track you from municipality to municipality. So when you go and get your vaccine, we'll know right. which ones you've had and which ones you need. And you're like, but I'm not sure if the government can handle that information because they had a a, 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 co, a co, the Cocoa app. Right. And it was meant to track everybody's vaccine rates with like Bluetooth touch technology between phones and the Android version went kaput and it nobody knew in the government yeah, I didn't four and a half months, four and a half months. It didn't work. And then the government said, Oh, we just found out there was a glitch. So I'm not sh- like the government found, a I'm That's, not sure I, we're going words. in there right away, but right. Um, I've heard it's coming up by like uh, July. We're going to, it's going to come to the plebs. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I'm um, not sure. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure about it, to be honest. It's, I'm not sure if I want an, an experimental mRNA vaccine. But do you think that because uh, the state of emergency is, is, is gone now, um, do, you think, do you think there's going to be another boom? Well, the that streets all, are full right now, man. Yeah, there could be. It's, I've been saying this for like about a year now, yeah. and it has to do with the PCR tests. If you're only doing PCR tests, you can, you, you can, the PCR tests are very accurate and they can find what you're looking for. And the more you cycle the PCR test, each cycle is basically an order of magnitude of 
zooming in, looking on the blood samples or whatever the sample is for, right. for whatever you're looking for. Mm, so mm. if you're doing a PCR test and it's about 25 cycles, that apparently, according to Dr. Fauci from five, six, seven years ago, is appropriate. But once you get up to 30 to 35 cycles, yeah, it might yeah, only yeah. be finding dead nucleotides right. of a virus that might be the coronavirus or might not be. And it's kind of like comparing it to like um, doing... A, like searching searching uh, somebody for cocaine. Right. Like if, if somebody has a giant rock in their nose, you might kind of go, maybe that person's on crack. Right. But then right. if you look at everybody's money and you start zooming in like to the microscopic level on people's money in their wallets and you go, wow, there's cocaine on this money. That means you have cocaine. Right. Like you're going to find some. You're going to find so some. So I noticed that sometimes the WHO will adjust the amount of PCR cycles they suggest mm. and mm, things mm. like that. And a country like Japan might or might not just go along with it. So it's possible for these things to come back. But I'm also looking at data numbers, a number, the, the data every day from the Ministry of Health, Labor, and Welfare, whatever it is, that posts it to, um, and toyokezai.net has a graph that you can look at. Right. And it's still, for the whole year, three people in their 20s have died. Since the whole thing started in Japan. Well, it's like the same thing with dengue fever, man. Uh, 17 people in one year in their 30s have died. 30 people in their 40s. And then once you get up to 80s, 90s, plus 100, that makes up for almost yeah. like a huge factor of them. There's yeah. been like, there's been, I think the last time I counted, it's probably 80% of all deaths or more are from people in their uh, 70s, 80s, 90s plus. And then, and the, then even then, if they're in, in if, good if you, condition. If, yeah, if you, you know. go to 60. 60 year people who are 60 years and older that also now we're talking 90 95 percent right. and right. that's after a whole year from a pool of deaths that are less than 10,000 nations. and i mean also you know something like uh something like the so do i need a vaccine or like a common that? cold to yeah. take out a person that's like 80 90 sure. years old yeah. you know actually uh my, there's been uh, no flu deaths this year in japan no not at all what happened to the flu i don't know you know there's uh we know, sound crazy but we're not oh uh, yeah, well the numbers don't lie yeah. you know my wife's uh grandparents actually she uh, you know, they, they are in a, in a home. Uh, it's, it's a nice home, uh, but there is a COVID outbreak there. And um, they are over 90. And um, fine. you would think that's a... Yeah, I think they're fine. Um, they keep pretty tight security there. But my, my yeah. point being, uh, they lost like four people, which, I mean, for an entire home of old folks, pretty large establishment... And for it to, it, it can't have just gone to four people. Yeah, it's for, a lot of the times the reasons for the restrictions and, and holding things down hasn't been f to stop the death. They don't, mm. in the news industry where I work, not a lot of focus is on that. It's largely about ha ha preventing hospitals from not having enough beds available. Mm. And that's mm. where a lot of this is coming from. It's not necessarily to prevent people from dying. Right. It's to prevent right. an overloading of the medical system right. itself. Right, right, right. But you, that doesn't mean that one hospital that has no COVID beds available, that doesn't right. mean that all of their beds are taken. That hospital only might have 10 to 20 beds for COVID patients. Right, right. They might have a whole bunch of other beds for other things that are completely open. And we're only seeing the, the, the numbers after they've been broken down, and it's like, oh, we only have... Because I thought that was a bit odd, right? I was like, um, you know, I went online and I looked at the stats, and at one point it said, oh, well, there's only 150 beds left in Tokyo. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Yeah, it's COVID that's, beds, it's, though, right, not, not right. actual hospitals. Because right. it's, like, it's not like all the hospitals are full. When mm. last May in 2020, 
I started kind of walking around a lot. Yeah, yeah. In central Tokyo, it was completely empty. Very interesting. It was mm, a ghost town, mm, literal mm. ghost town. Good time to shoot. Um, yeah, I know. I should have done some Perfect shooting time. in Roppongi, yeah, yeah. but you also feel like kind of a dick. You I know, like a photo the other day too. That was very nice. Yeah, cheers, yeah. bud. And um, we'll move on from this in a second, but. I, I walked past one of the major hotel, not hotels, the hospitals, right. in the KO Hospital. Same thing. <laughs> I have this idea for a drama. It's called Hospital Hotel. Hospital it's called hotel. The, the peak of 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 travel hospitality. Right, right, and, right. And uh, it features two detectives with bad names. One guy, his name uh, Justin Case. Nice. Yeah, and the other guy's nice. name is uh, uh, Right on Time. And his first name is Rye. Oh my god! And he's kind of. I'm thinking of making him black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he has like you know how some uh, uh, black people in America have like that D the... at the beginning of their name yeah, with an yeah, apostrophe. Yeah. So his yeah. first name is Ryan Rye R Y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D apostrophe O N hyphen T H Y M E. You could do like a Daffy Duck thing. You could be like Dwight on time or something. <laughs> Dwight on time. <laughs> Dwight on time. Man. Yeah. Anyway, I, I knew a guy so named um, Hospital. But anyways, was... there I went past hospitals all the time. Right. And. People like security guards were basically almost sleeping outside of them at the peak of a, a supposed pandemic. So right. there are these numbers coming in. Yes, the numbers are true. Yes, it's a virus, and yes, people are dying. But I'm not sure why we need to have a vaccine. And now there, a lot of newspaper publications are saying, "Well, you need the vaccine if you want to go travel." You see, and so it's like this constant shift. But I don't, I, I don't see people lying in the streets dying right. when, when all this footage on Twitter from China right. came right. out with right. like. We thought like spraying buildings were gonna be on fire. You crazy like, trucks, yeah, spraying stuff in spraying the air, fluids, and, and then all these pe- like people running around apartment buildings, like spraying white stuff and welding people in their houses, yeah, and people man, collapsing and and like writhing around in hospital beds, right, right. And, and we're all like, this is coming, and it never came. That never happened. It was like the zombie apocalypse. Man. It, it we thought, never happened. Well, I mean, I, I'm a videographer, and that's all I saw on that. You know. We we you know an advertisement and we 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 cut the best parts. I mean, it's news. You want people to watch the news. At the end of the day, the news is based on ratings. Yeah, you know. So we'll see what happens. I'm not sure about. We didn't plan this, but this conversation for the podcast. But a lot I of people are saying, to know, you know, a lot what? of people are saying, yeah, we need the vaccine. I'm like, okay, yeah. you can get the vaccine. There's people who are obese, who are unhealthy, maybe you should have the vaccine. I, I have a I have a little bit of a gut. But I'm otherwise rather slim for a 40 year old. Yeah, I mean, I eat well and uh, I make sure to get plenty of sun, and I don't see the reason to You're get a vaccine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man. So there we go. How about you, man? What do you? What, after all of this, I, I'll just be all open after, about. It. I'm open about shit. Now. I mean, after all of this, man, I'm just gonna be a monster. I'm gonna be. I mean, I've already started going out more. Because uh, the way I see it, you know, I have I, I, t- I, I take extra care to make sure that I'm clean, to make sure that I'm sanitary, to make sure that I'm safe. I avoid staying near large crowds of people. Me too. I wear my mask. I, I wash my hands. And so it's 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 um, I think if you take steps in order to, to prevent this, just like the folks at the old folks home did, then I think you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, call me naive. Um, At this point, I'm not sure if we can say that's a naive opinion. States like Florida, Texas yeah. have opened yeah. no mask mandates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ha- there hasn't been some epidemic. And you can't look at numbers that say, well, 500,000 people have died. Like, right. well, was that of COVID or with COVID? We don't know about like, these Did they statistics. have COVID and they died? Or, or were, right. yeah, did they get right. shot in the right. face and they also had COVID? So I got a, uh, I got a, I got a hot topic for you today. Awesome, man. We got, uh, you know, we got the Olympics coming up, right? 
Yes, the torch relay just kicked off yeah. in Fukushima Prefecture. So what do you think about all the extra buildings that they made for COVID? Uh, well, they made for the Olympics that won't be getting booked up. It's a real shame. Um, there's there's entire there was in, like entire blocks yeah. that have been made near like Shinagawa. Yeah. Um, and and I actually was gonna go do a a job uh, last year because I, I I freelance. I was gonna go do a construction job. I didn't have any photography work, and I and I arrived to the place, and it's such a large operation that I literally could not find the guy who was in charge of the team that I was supposed to work for. And no one knew where the guy was, and I ended up just going home, you know. And um, and and it's a massive operation. They had over a thousand foreigners working there to build that. Yeah, and there's not, they're not. The Tokyo Olympic Committee is not allowing foreign spectators right to arrive right and watch the games. We can go. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. We, you can't come from abroad and go. But that's really cool, you know, that we can go because it's not going to be jammed up with like tourists. It's. But it's all for naught. All that building, everything else. It's well, all I mean, for naught. I, I I would argue that Japan is really good at uh, at uh, salvaging things and making the best of what they have um, and recycling things. And so I would argue that I think Japan is going to take that. Here's a theory: Do you think that that housing will lower the price of housing in the Shinagawa area? Might do. Shinagawa is. Pretty rich. It's not in a. Che- it's not a cheap area. Shinagawa it's on the is, line, man. It's on the yeah. It's it's one of the main um, hubs in in Tokyo. And, and I, th- I think there's were, a lot of corporate offices there as well. I think they were building out near like uh, Shinkiba. There's some building going out there as well. But um, anyways, all those areas near Tokyo Bay. I mean, wouldn't you think it would make sense that they're gonna they're gonna try and fill those places up? You never know. Um, the Original Olympics, the uh, Summer Olympics in 1964, mm. was um, at that time. I think Yoyogi Park was a military U.S. military residential zone. That's insane. And everything, but across the street from there, there's um, a boarding house. Right. And that that was the Olympic Village at the time. I so, see. but it's not like it's. It's not like it's a good place to live because it's it's a, it's an Olympic village where it's like a dormitory. I mean, what does that you look have, like? You have five tiny rooms that open up to a shared kitchen living room area. Right. And then, you you know, nobody's – unless you have – I don't know. I don't know how you're going to make use of that. Nobody likes living and going to the Olympic village. Yeah, all I mean, all of can... the athletes complain that it's too small, it's cramped, and they just bang the shit out of each other all day anyways. This if you're true. If you are – Below the tenth ranking right. in any field, all you do is you go to the Olympics and you bang. That's all you do. I've and heard about that. You man. can get ten, you can Athletes get twelve, going. you can get fifteenth place. After fourth or fifth place, nobody gives goddamn about it. Right. So if you can go there as a pro athlete, like a bobsledder guy for the Winter Olympics, those mm. guys are huge. Right. Mm-hmm. They're usually mm-hmm. pro football players or football yeah, players. Yeah, yeah. They can just slam chicks for yeah. two weeks straight. They just slay, and then they come out and they do their thing, and they're gone. That's what it's mainly about. Maybe I should have been an athlete. So if we think about that aspect, we can repurpose the wasted um, infrastructural investments into the Olympics and turn them into sex dens. It could be a thing. Yes. Dungeons. I think, here's a here's a thought. I think that... Already, like right now, we're living in the age of like a like an internet cafe 
culture. There's an internet cafe subculture, yeah. right? A lot of people are going and, you know, you're out at the That's what teleworking is. Right, right. People are teleworking or maybe you want to... an internet cafe. I think it might be subletted out as uh, office space, um, shared office space, because right now, you know, companies like we work... Startup incubators, hit, you know, startup incubators, you know, because companies like started. that took a yeah, hit, yeah. and and there was and there was never enough room, and so I think that um, I predict that maybe these will use be used as internet cafes. They might be used for students, remote dormitories work. to come here, remote work, or just that's someone cool. who's like really poor and they got a hundred bucks a month to spend on rent. But that's a horrible ROI. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> You know, but it is an ROI. It's something. It's yeah, it's something. I mean, if you have a building, well, I mean, yeah, it must have cost so much to build that, and they must have expected so much. And it's taxpayer to come from funded, it. and so it's, it's taxpayer funded, bloated yeah. as it is. Anyways. Right, right, right. Uh, and uh, it's it's all it's all going to pot, dude. It's Man, I've, I've seen some pot. of these structures. They are massive. You guys cannot imagine. Like it's like Disneyland. Yeah. But bigger. Oh yeah, they were really going for it's it. It's massive. They were really going for it. But and no. COVID came and just messed all that up, honey. Not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think um we might be looking at some new some new real estate out here. I don't know what they're gonna do with it, but you guys keep your eyes open. Um Hanami. Perfect season right now. Yeah. I went to the Aoyama Cemetery. Did you know? There's this tiny little road that mm. runs down the middle of this giant cemetery in mm. central Tokyo. And it's like an awning of, of sakura over top of it. Right. Like all of the trees line this road, and it's a tiny little road, just enough for one car. Right. And it's just endless sakura for about a kilometer Where's down this? this tiny little Aoyama cemetery. Okay. And I went there. I just found it by accident because um, on my day's off, I have my baby, and I'm wondering what to do. And, you know, if you just stay inside with the baby all day, you kind of go nuts. So I just put them in the baby Bjorn and take them for walks. Mm, I just found mm, this place. Mm. I've known about it because I walked past the exterior, but I never walked through the center of it. Right. And it was amazing. It's just a, a, giant graves and sakura everywhere. And people, I saw people drinking next to graves doing sakura hanami parties. I mean, I've done some things next That's to graves. That's crazy. It is. Yeah. Um, there's also a Gaijin grave area. There's a Gaijin grave area. And it's from all of these people from the Meiji era right. who came over to help with like updating medicine and wow. engineering and stuff like that. I so always you wondered walk past about like, that. These these graves that are yeah. like five feet tall, and it's yeah. like Der William Don Frugenbracken, who yeah. with yeah. the Friends Academy, you know, yeah. blah, 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 born 1837, right. died. Right. You know, 1888 or something like that. It's like all these Japanese names, and then it's like, uh, Roberto-san. Yeah. You know, written There's in like a special Kata area. Kata. Yeah. And it, the entrance to this area, it, it, there's a monument um, written there saying, oh, these are the gaijins who died here, and they're great. Uh, thanks for thanks for your help, gaijins. Thumbs yeah. up. Uh, and, uh. and it's written by this guy named uh, Shintaro Ishihara. Okay. And he was the previous... Mayor of of New York, oh, no New York, no of Tokyo. Okay, I was gonna say, how and, did he? And he was an uh, author, right? But he was also known for like kind of being this racist prick. Okay, and, yeah, but yeah, right. He's, okay, write your racist books. He's he's the one dedicating this Gaijin grave area to all the Gaijins that came and helped Japan. Well, I mean, dude, that's the that's the ultimate comeback from that. You know, mm. you're like, you're like, I hate black people, but also. 
I'm going to pay for my daughter's wedding and she's marrying Mutombu Fukuku, you know? <laughs> and I'm all I have about four, it. I have four people. Bought him a car. Four people who are, who are buried there. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Here's the first one. Joseph Hecko, born 1837, died 1897. Wow. The first naturalized Japanese American. Wow. So he was Japanese, became American, and then died and has his grave as a gaijin in the Aoyama Cemetery. Nice. Weird. Um, Francis Brinkley, 1841 to 1912, a journalist and scholar. Wow. I think he's one of the first people to open up a newspaper here. I'm oh, not sure huh. about that. Like he, it's the first person to like read a newspaper. <laughs> yeah, he opened up a newspaper. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they didn't know, they yeah. didn't know like didn't at know. that time Japanese used scrolls. Right, right, right. And that's right. why he was brought over. They wondered how brought these over. papers folded over from one page showed to the, the next. Showed him the way, man. He showed oh, him the Oh, we need style. the Yohere, but we have only a scroll. Eh? Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, man. Henry Spencer Palmer, 1838 to 1893, mm. Mm. British engineer and journalist. Spencer Palmer, okay. And he apparently apparently uh, helped to develop the Yokohama port. Really? Okay. Now, this one isn't a gaijin. It's not even human. One of the cemetery's most famous graves is that of Hachiko, the dog. I thought you were going to say it like it was some weird like Evangelion or some no, alien stuff. That dog that died waiting for his master in yeah, yeah, yeah. Aomori Prefecture, I believe, near there. And then everybody thinks it should be. It's not. It's just where a secondary statue is. I've been to the original Hachiko statue. Yeah. The one that should be is way better. Uh, but what's yeah, that the, dog uh, is buried what's there. What's the one that's like next to, there's a, there's a Hachiko next to Tokyo Tower, to, uh, Tower Records. I've always wondered about what, what is that. Another Hachiko? I mean, it's it's like a crooked Hachiko. Huh. I don't know. Sounds weird. Yeah, there's a Hachiko dog statue in front of Tower Records. I mean, I guess it's Hach- I guess it's Hachiko's friend or something, and it's just like, but it's but it's slanted. Marketing. And it just sits in front of and it just sits in front of Tower Records. That's a weird one. Yeah. So guys, check it out. There's a Hachiko number two. I also went to Shinjuku Gyoen for Hanami. Uh huh. Very in brief, but. Perfect place for kids, for families. Dude, I haven't gone. And again, uh, it's one of the most famous places for Hanami in Tokyo, in Japan. You can't drink in there, but I snuck in a beer. Um, But everywhere you go is massive, huge Sakura Hanami. Because this is a private park, all of the gardeners and in there engineer the trees to drape over certain areas of the park perfectly for the hanami season it's planned yeah and so you go there and there's these like drapes of sakura just positioned perfectly next to a path and a pond and a bridge right and people naturally go there to observe it and it's all done by design i feel like it's even maybe even like the maybe it's it's even like layered you know it's the same way like architecture happens yeah so Anyways, those are the two great places to go for Hanami. You can still go Aoyama Cemetery and uh, Shinjuku Gyoen. If, if you go to Shinjuku Gyoen, yeah, you have to reserve in advance. I have an annual you have pass, to reserve. so I just go in like a Ooh, like a boss. That's the annual pass. Yeah, on them. Dude, all right, yeah. all right, big dog, big dog. Yep. Yeah, I saw you. Uh, yeah, I, I saw you uploaded a, a picture on Facebook of of a. It says, "Here's the exact quote: Taxi driving through Aoyama Cemetery during cherry blossom season in Tokyo, taken with iPhone." Hashtag some shit in Japanese. Hanami. Uh, yeah. Oh, Hanami. Yeah, that's right. I read that. I read that. I thought it was Hanami, you know. 
All right, man. So I got I had uh, one more topic that I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah, man. Um, I wanted to know, you know, we have a uh, what, what? What would you say is the most popular food in Japan? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lead off with something. Mm, the most popular food in Japan. Now, most people would say sushi, but I'm probably going to say soba noodles. Nice. Definitely a type of noodle, I think. Um, that being said, I wanted to talk about what are some of your favorite types of ramen in Japan? Yeah, man. I got my, um, so I guess I'll lead off with my list. So one of my favorite types of ramen is, a uh, is, a uh, chocolate ramen. They had chocolate ramen last year in Tokyo on Valentine's Day 2020. And, um, it was at a restaurant called, uh, Kuro, Kodakin, Kodakun, Kodakun. I believe Kodakuin. and yeah, they had chocolate ramen, and it doesn't taste the way you would think it would. It's it's chocolate ramen in the best way. The chocolate and the ramen goes together in the best. It's savory if chocolate could be savory. Closer to cocoa, it's right. It's closer to cocoa nuts. It's, maybe it's ramen with a kind of nutty cocoa taste. That sounds interesting, but in the best way. So I've it's, had. It's not like a dessert ramen. No, it's not like a dessert ramen. I've actually had uh, I've had uh, corn flavored chocolate as well, and that was I was like, "Whoa, this is gonna be really weird." And then I tried the corn flavored chocolate, and it wasn't it wasn't bad. Yeah, corn's kind of sweet, chocolate's kind of sweet, so I get it. Um, My second favorite type of actually, well, this is my favorite kind of ramen. I'm not really putting them in any type of order. I'm just listing them off. My favorite type of ramen is EAK ramen, Yokohama style ramen. You had that? Uh, Fill me in. It is. Thick, it is delicious and it is juicy. We call it gravy ramen. Um, and the flavor is it's iconic for being very heavy flavored. Uh, it's very salty. I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty salty. I get the tonkotsu ramen, I love pork ramen, and EAK ramen is just great. It's a great, I, I always tell people it's a great transition food for if you've just come to Japan and you don't know what to eat, but you know ramen. You're like ramen's safe. I can eat that. I've had maruchan, and then you want to eat real ramen. Then a good first step to take for the foreigners out there would be to have EAK ramen. If you live in Japan and you have not had Yokohama style ramen and you like strong flavors, definitely check it out. My favorite place is called Yamatoya. Uh, it's in Hinoshi, uh, Tokyo, which is on the Chuo Line, and it's about a seven-minute walk away from the station. Absolutely freaking amazing ramen. Which station? It is Hino Station. H I N O. Definitely recommend you guys uh, uh, check that place out. Um, if you're unable to find it, I don't know if they they're on Google Maps even. Oh, they I never, probably are. I, I never I never GPS Everything them. Everything is. Yeah. But Yamantoya is definitely a really delicious place to go to. I definitely recommend it. Uh, another ramen uh, that was style of ramen ramen that I like is uh, shio ramen. I really salt. like salt ramen. You yeah, know? me too. I like it classic though. You know, with that broth, it's kind of light. It's not too heavy. Yeah, yeah. A little bit oily, but it gets the job done. Yeah. I call that the get her done ramen. You know, I'm never disappointed to get no, no. shio ramen. You I know? like the niboshi shio ramen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With a little bit the, of ume in it. Yeah, the niboshi oh. has that uh, fish aspect to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. With some uh, instead of you only having the the pork chashu, yeah, with some yeah, chicken. Yeah. And pork chashu. Oh, the chashu is the chashu is so, bees knees. That's yeah. I also like skimmin. Skimmin dipping dipping one because the the sauce is is thicker, 
The only disadvantage is that the noodles are served on the side, not in the broth, so they mm. kind of get a little cold fast. Mm. But mm. Uh, I much I, I I always go for skimen yeah. these days. Yeah. Okay, yeah. did you say skibbe? Skibbe ramen. Skim, skibbe yeah. ramen, Unless man. there's some guy dipping his nutsack <laughs> into it, I'm I don't not going to eat it. Yeah. If I don't have yeah. a pube caught between my teeth by the end of this meal, yeah. Yeah. it's not real ramen I want a to guy me. to hand it to me through a curtain. I don't even want to see yes. you know, where, where it came That's from. That's right. And there's like a box of tissues everywhere. Right, right. And you like, just get your ramen through a glory hole. You know yes, what I mean? that's where it, it should them. come from. That's what I always say. R- ramen without a glory hole is uh, like, a, ramen. like a woman with a map. That's not ramen. It's yeah. not ramen. You'll get lost. <laughs> oh, my God. So next we got tonkotsu ramen. That's one of the most popular types of ramen outside of it's Japan, from Kyushu. Yeah, it's from Kyushu. Cloudy, kind of white color. That's due to all the pork fat in it. Pork bones. Um, they pork boil bones. up pork bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and it's absolutely delicious. The flavor it's too is creamy. Good. It's almost it's milky, good. right? Yeah, it's yeah. too good. I all, like that. All of that stuff inside of the pork bones gets boiled and creates this gelatinous, oozy it just pile like of umami, man. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's it's unbelievable. You know, delicious. um, you know that used to originally be like street stall food. It was never yeah, a, yeah, a, a, like a, a dish dish, but now it's <clears throat> it's been so popular that now it's a, a staple dish at every ramen shop you go to almost. Yeah, um, and there's all these different types coming out. Uh, traditionally, people like to have the uh, tonkotsu ramen with thin noodles, mm, which mm. I think works best because there's all of that gooiness, yeah, and the, the yeah, bunch of yeah. thin noodles together. You need something for that sauce to stick it, to. Yeah, it sticks to that sauce. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ipudo, Ipudo is the most popular tonkotsu chain, and it's still good. Ipudo. Ipudo is a great chain. I've never, how, um, do, you, how do you spell that for I, our, our, our uh, listeners out there? I think it's I-P-P-U-D-O-U. Okay, Ipudo. I'm definitely going to check that place out. Thank you. You have successfully taken my money again yes. on the Matt Bigelow Show. It's a chain. Um, let's do a little self promotion. So, let's do it. So, where can people find you? You can find me on Spotify under O N E T W E N T Y. I spell the whole thing out because I'm five four and I don't want my name to be short too. Make sure to go to MatthewPMBigelow.com. Subscribe to this podcast. Give us some likes. Uh, we're bi-weekly at this point, so we need all the help we can get. MatthewPMBigelow.com. Don't forget we are also on Spotify, working on getting on Podcast 2.0 with crypto payments available through that. Uh, furthermore, wherever you stream, just search Japan What Podcast, and that's where we're going to go. Um, so... We're going to play a couple of songs before right. we come back to some topics. Lay it on me, Big Daddy. Uh, feed us into yours first. Go. All right. So I have a song called Torah Torah. If you are a fan of World War II, which I'm sure no one is. Um, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> fan of World War II lore. Yeah. That's right. right. That's why you got to market it as. No. In all seriousness, the song is named the Torah Torah. The numbers are fake. The numbers are fake. But this is a song to die for. Okay, I'm going to stop. What does Tora Tora mean? <laughs> it means Tiger Tiger also. Um, From the movie Tora right. Tora Tora. Right, right, right. So I named it that because I knew it would create controversy, and that's why I named it Tora Tora. Um, it's about the story of a young man who is just kind of on the hunt. You know, you know the feeling of when you're young and you're just out there to get some. Yeah, dude. What? that some may be you know i won't describe on the radio show but sometimes you're just out there to get some and that 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 that's what this song is about it's about a young man he's out at night and and he's a tiger and he's hunting for some meat and he he wants something to eat and yeah that's torah torah um it's just been released on spotify check it out 
and let me know what you guys think. All right. Tora Tora, Tiger Tiger, surprise, surprise, coming at you, Hawaii. And that was Tora Tora by Michael 120. Hungry Tiger coming at you. <clears throat> Tora 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 was a code by the Japanese invading forces on Hawaii, meaning the tiger is Tora. And the degree of surprise the Japanese were able to inflict on the American forces on Hawaii was to be indicated by how many Toras was said by the Japanese uh, invading army, invading air force. And Tora 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 meant maximum surprise achieved. You know, um, if any of you guys are actually fans of the video game Borderlands, you heard of that game? Yeah. In Borderlands, there is actually an Easter egg. And there are, have, have you ever played it? No. Okay, so it's really fucked up. Um, the, the game in itself, like people's heads explode. It's a great song, by the way. It, what you, what you, the song you just did right now before going into Borderlands, the video that, game. Tight song, man. 
Yeah. Uh, it, it feels very city pop. It feels very... Uh, I'm trying to make city pop, man. I love that. Like modern city drums. pop, you know? Yeah, I want to I wanna like be... I did a performance of this like last week, and I was like, turn the lights off. I was like really dramatic about it. Turn the lights off. Put on the lights on the stage. Shine a spotlight on my face. Cut every light off. They didn't do it for anyone else. Performing Torah Torah, man. Dangerous. Yeah, man, I'm feeling dangerous, and it's it's really about being young. I actually write these songs based on real life situations. It's about being young, hungry, and on the hunt for some meat. For meat. Yes, that's it. So yeah, that's what that is, man. Hope you guys enjoy that. It's out on Spotify and all major platforms right now. The best way you can help an artist friend that you have is by streaming their music, because that's how we eat dinner. That's it. So, what's with this Easter egg? Did you want to go into Oh, ah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the one Easter egg is Tora Tora and all the content related to it is going to be sold as an NFT. And the other Easter egg is that on Borderlands, uh, so when there's these guys who are uh, air pilots and they, I don't know, what the air raiders or something, they fly these little airships. And every time they come down, they attack you. You're out in the wilderness. You're walking. They go, Tora, 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 Tora. They scream and they bomb you. That's so, just what the Japanese did. Yeah, it's an Easter egg in the game. So if you guys play Borderlands, like look out for that and listen for that whenever you're whenever you're out in the wilderness. Huh, cool. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. We're gonna play a little song by me. I recorded this a few years ago. I haven't really played it a lot. Is me a new artist or has by Maddie B? Oh. I used to go by Maddie B until I killed him. Uh, but this is called Sapphire Blade. We'll see how far we get through this. Yeah, this let's is do it. Uh, off of the trilingual album I released in 2015. Called Maddie B Sides. What's the name of that one? What's the name of that one? Eh. Maddie B Cool. Sapphire Blade. Slide the car into the gear. I won't be doing much different this year. Take the corners nice and steady. The first Amigian and then a Larry. Distant spices roll around my mouth. Memories of these take the mind down south. Beneath the waves of the beaches. Across the toilets in a broken English. Make my way to bed Waiting there Black hair Got them blankets Everywhere yeah. I got a few things to do Gonna get them done Wearing the same pair of shoes Deep the sapphire blade Behind the whip display On a base of the railway To bomb it for me Flam it here like a shell Wait for another day Sit in the parks on the penguin parade disembarked. Open up some containers. Oh, those nasty full animal trains. 
head. Pay no mind, replace it with a plan. Miranda herbs in their patio spices across the calls of their motorcycles. And oh, yeah, yeah. I got a few things to do, gonna get them done. Wearing this old pair of shoes, keep the sapphire blade. Behind her in a display, put a pacer, railway to mommy, for me, flip it, elix, wait for another day. Sapphire Blade, released in 2015. Holy shit, dude. That was a trip. And that had me dancing like the whole time I was doing something super important. And that was like the best BGM. Like, I want to listen to that and get ready to like go on a hot date with a chick like totally out of my league. Yeah. Like, that's it, man. That was from a crazy time in my life right I was going to say, what inspires you to write that? Because you don't sound like the guy sitting in front of me. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it was was weird. It's just... uh, uh, one of those revenge, I think, was one of the key things. Uh, revenge, yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. Uh, realizing you have to take a different, you change your tack, change your tact in yeah, life. Something, um, something. It's something about stuff that, like, it's like you've gone through some shit. Like the, like the, the Torah Torah song, for instance. Like that was that's some real stuff. Yeah, you know, that's some real stuff. That's a that's a, yeah, that's some real stuff. And I could hear that in your song. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're making a step away from something. You're not sure what you're stepping into, uh, but you've also have this this background of stuff that's happening in your past, and you realize that it's not necessarily leading to the future you thought it was leading to. Right. And you got to deal with that. That's the thing about fucking the time in the future, man. It never turns out the way you want it to. Oh, uh, dude! Like when if like I came, if even if going back to 2010, there's no way to predict Spotify in 2010. There's no way to predict YouTube being as successful as it is in 2010. Dude, going back to freaking uh, that's it's 11 years, which which actually is a long time to to consider about changing trends. And I wish and I predicted like freaking Red Bull, man. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> that's that's that song. Thank you for listening, everybody. That is available. Big round of applause for Matt Bigelow. Um, I wanted to get to this story, and this is um. Going back to the, uh, we're circling back here. 
Restaurant chain operator sues Tokyo government over COVID opening hour restrictions. So this is a company. Do you know Kill Bill by Quentin Tarantino? I do. The owner of that restaurant is the owner of a chain of restaurants. And they are suing the Tokyo government over the state of emergency 8 p.m. lockdown issues. Where they said the amount of money that you're giving us doesn't cover what we're going to be losing. But they're only suing the government like 104 yen. 104 yen? A buck, basically. Yeah. And they're saying that the imposition of from the government of these, this is their own word, basically, I'm summarizing, I don't feel like reading from the article, <coughs> is that it's unconstitutional. Right. Where they're taking enough measures, no, lo- no virus uh, outbreaks or, or whatever they're called, clusters have been found at any of their operations. Yeah. Have been found, and uh, they the government doesn't have the right to tell them what to do because they're following the law according to the Constitution. So at first, the government said, please, please close by 8 p.m. Right. And they said, okay, we're just going to do it. And then the government said, no, we're going to impose uh, fines. Right. So they said, okay, we'll close. Right. By the way, this company runs about 50 or 60 restaurants. Right. And they're listed on the second tier of the Tokyo Stock Exchange. Mm. They're loaded. They so are. They can fight back against the lockdown issues that they see as unconstitutional right. with a right. shit ton of lawyers. With a lot of money and a lot of lawyers. So these so some people have said, you know what, you know, we're not some like one tiny little bar where six people come to a few times a week and you're you're doling out of four hundred or five hundred bucks a night to compliant restaurants. Like we are a huge company yeah and yeah. telling us that you're going to give us 400 bucks to shut down an operation that requires sh- like tons these, tons of money people, all these people to move. and these are adults coming they know the risks they're taking we're taking as uh, the precautions we need to take and you so we're suing you so and the, the idea is that the lockdowns have caused at least one yen of damage to their each individual business operations hmm. Man, that's smart. That's smart. That's gonna. That's <laughs> that's smart, man. That's smart. I, and so, I mean, but what's so they do this? They succeed with this. And what's the what's the end game here? The end game is to set the precedent that the government um, set forth unconstitutional rules. And I feel like this will start. They want to be right. I feel like yeah. They want. I feel like this they want to the be right. Between and I feel like American litigation something. and Japanese litigation. Yeah, they want to be right. Frequently in Japan, you just got to be right. Right. And you get the approval. You get the honko from the government saying you're right, and you can just hold it up in front oh, dude, of everyone. Oh, dude, you got the honko from the government saying you're right. You can't. And you just anybody that says anything to you, you just you can't hold up be this told. government honko. You can't be told. And you and you say like, I got the honko. I was right. And they go, oh my god! It's like this the NHK, guy was right. It's like the NHK people that come to your door, and they're like, "Well, you're required by law to pay this, so yeah, I'm gonna no. bang on your door." And like, they're <laughs> like the freaking yakuza, man. So yeah, I thought that was great. Uh, I, I kind of yeah. Let's see if we can get any more information. Um, the lawyer of the company argued that the Tokyo government governor uh, Yuriko Koike violated a duty of care when she issued the order. 
Um, the order took aim at the company, which publicly voiced its intention to disobey the request and violated the equality under the law of and freedom of expression, the plaintiff said. The company is called Global Dining, and in a release on Jan 7th, they said, we cannot comply with the request to shorten business hours given the current insufficient subsidies and support from authorities. No clusters have been found at our restaurants, the spokesperson said. So they're going to court, man. Do you think they're going to win? <clears throat> they have a they have a chance because it's not just some person saying like this is unconstitutional. It's a corporation. It's a massive corporation. It's a it's a mega corporation. And they have so much to lose. Yeah. Yeah. That they're going to put that idea of what they're going to lose and fund it with litigation. And and they have the uh they have the yeah, they have the they have the the stuff to back it. They have the information to back it. Yeah. And they're also saying, you know, like you're saying someone stands a fighting chance against the Japanese government. That's cool. I, I wonder. I wonder if it's good or not. But uh, it, imagine that they, they, all they get is 104 yen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, that's what they get. They I mean, get that's, to be right, if possible. To be right. That's that's the cost of being right, man. And you know that the the government right now is is assembling a huge case against them. So it's drawing on funds from the government which is right. our, our funds basically right so right right it'll be interesting to see um i'm not exactly against the lockdowns or asking restaurants to close at 8 p.m if you have like a little restaurant you say okay i'll close and i'll get the 400 or 500 bucks a yeah. day yeah but there does come a point where somebody is it like four or five hundred bucks yeah the government will give you four hundred bucks a night or something like that to mm. close your mm. shop so Again, if, if you have like a, a small enough restaurant with one or two staff, you might be able to keep them on and keep your operation going through these subsidies. But at the same time, it the population gets used to doing other things. Right. And the idea that they're going to start coming back is not really true. Like I've I've seen this happen with certain bars or, or, or trends in Japan where... Yeah. Like for like, I came to Japan in two thousand six, two thousand seven. At that time, K one boxing was huge. It was right. everywhere. Right, right. Two years later, completely gone. It's gone. So that it's also happened with music and underground music. Ten years ago, tons of gaijins going out to see music all over town. Three years later, everyone's on Instagram the, going the off and scenes, doing their own. Yeah, the live scene is like dead. It's it's pretty much gone, and I'm not you, sure if you go to a live show. Yeah, I oh, yeah, I don't know if it will. Um, even like the last I did. We a don't live have performance. enough money to sue somebody. We yeah. can't. We can't go to the 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 person, the music, the music czar at the government, and right. and, and point our finger and say, "You, hey, you, bring the music back." Like, yeah, or we sue you. But uh, this restaurant stands a fighting chance. It seems. I mean, I'm praying for him. I'm I'm rooting for them. I, I don't wonder. know what they're going to do if they win. But. It's it's weird that we're rooting for, like this. This is technically the underdog, but they're still listed on the Tokyo Stock Exchange. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just you know sticking to the man. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun. It's yeah, kind of fun. I I, I, I'm interested to see what happens. I feel like that's some news people should be paying attention to in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. and depending on the network that you're looking at, or you know, there's going to be people that support it or not. Maybe and even a lot what? of commentators are like saying, well, you just can't go home. There's a virus, everybody. Right. That's one aspect. That's an argument. That's an and argument. And the other pe- people oh, are there's saying. There's going to be people behind that. There's going to, there's, of course, it makes sense in a way. Yeah. But there's also going to be other people who say, I don't care that there's a virus. I have a life to live. It doesn't make as many sense as I do. 
Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. But that's the restaurant chain operator sues Tokyo government over COVID opening hour restrictions. I I I I'm I'm wondering what Tokyo is going. I I I'll say this in the words of 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 how people say it in my generation. Tokyo was lit before COVID. What do you think it's going to look like after COVID? Because I know personally club owners that have shut their businesses down. I and then like you said, I know people who have found other ways to substitute that. I've been going to a lot more takoyaki parties. What do you think Tokyo is going to look like? Do you think it's going to be? I think we're going to experience a boom. But do you think that the locals here in Tokyo are going to? Are we going to go out the way we used to? I think we're going to go out, but is yeah. it going to be the same? I, 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 I was mentioning those little tiny places. Hmm. They always can drag a few people out from the apartments nearby yeah. and yeah. go in for a few beers yeah. and talk to other people. It's one of the ways of socializing in Tokyo that really makes the place great to live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at the same time, um, I'm not sure about the upcoming, you know, 17, 18, 19-year-olds. Hmm. Are, are they going to be traumatized by this? Like, with, you know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know. Because I know, uh, like, you know, from the age I, of I'm 19. Over the, I'm over the hump at 40. Right, right, I've right. had, I've gone to clubs. I've fucked right. chicks there. Right, right, I've right. I've done that. I don't need to be this steward of youth culture fun. That's going to be for them to decide. Yeah. That's the way I see it. But I know uh, my, my concern is that, you know, uh, piggybacking off what you said, my concern yeah. is that, you know, I know at the age of 19, 18, you know, 20 years old, man, I was out there trying Torah Torah. Yeah. I was out there, you know. And what does it look like when you, you're in the military? I, I've, I've met guys like this, right? I met guys who, actually, just last week, I met some guys who are from the military. And and they were at this event, and you know the state of emergency was just lifted. Lifted, and I talked to these guys, and I said, "Hey, how, how long you been out here, man?" Oh, dude, I've been out here like four months, man. Um, I'm like, you know, how you like Japan? And what do you mean, man? I haven't been off base. You can't do anything. I haven't. You know, they have no idea. They're trying. They the plan is to drive everybody into a digital existence, hmm. where you're at home. And you do your work at home. Right. Then your work ends. You close your work computer and mm. you open up your personal computer. Right. And then you do your shopping. Right. And then your shopping is delivered to you. Right. So what is happening right now is there's this societal trend to put everything into digital shopping and digital um, computer in your right. own home. Right. So basically you can get tracked up to the most insane details. Right. How long, if you're at a work computer, eventually they're going to know how much you're typing per minute. Right, 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 right. And if you're uh, doing you internet shopping, they can see what you're buying when you're buying and then Dude, target you in your neighborhood. stuff even happens. Like I'll get on Facebook and I so, did a shoot with a client. And the day after I did that shoot with that client, you, you remember the, the thing? The day after, it was advertising me, hey, are you interested in clothes from this designer? And I was like, how did they know that, man? Like, I didn't even... The only yeah. thing would have been is that I was so, maybe talking about it in some messages. But other than that... That's how they know. And depending on the browser you use, that's going to be selling that data. And sometimes they can listen in. Right. They say they don't listen. Um, they say, I should say that... I was watching um, an interview with one of uh, the Facebook heads or Instagram heads. 
about people complaining that they talk about something and then they see that thing being advertised to them. And this person at uh, this social media company, one of the main ones, I can't remember, mm-hmm. it was like a woman uh, at Facebook mm-hmm. or, or Instagram, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. said, we aren't listening to you. But who is, then who is? Someone is. So they know who is. But Someone they say, is. Oh, Instagram isn't listening to you, but a third party is. So if you're using Google Chrome, expect Google Chrome to sell everything you're doing to other people. Right. And they don't know who they're selling it to. It's just being sold to those people. Matt, I want to tell you the cold, hard truth here on the Matt Bigelow Show. The cold, hard truth. That's what we do. We tell the truth Get in on there. this show. Why not? The cold, hard truth do? is- Be woke? What the fuck are you going to do if Apple sells your information? You, with your $100,000- you, successful businessman who's done well for himself, you're 26 years old and you're in a high-flying business position and you have a great job and a promising future. You, with your $100,000 that you have saved up, what are you going to do against Apple? Burn your savings? Nothing. And well, lose? No, yeah, you just it's easy. You There are, um, there are reactions to this dragnet security. Mm. Um, the dissenter browser is one of them. It doesn't track you. You know, what about Guy? Guy who Guy Guy B who works at McDonald's and doesn't have a hundred K in the bank. That's it's this is tough for the guy. I know a guy that got sued for seventy thousand dollars for knocking over a Japanese lady on the train by accident. She broke her hip. He is ruined. And we're talking is about a guy that had a little bit saved up and was well on his way. Yeah. It wasn't Google, but it's just the fact that, you know, this is how much it takes to fight a company like this. Sure. Yeah. And he was fighting Not an old lady. on the Tokyo Stock Exchange. He's fighting an old lady, man. So, what is your McDonald's guy going to do when Apple sells your information? Um, I'm not sure how much information Apple sells, although there is some um, thoughts about Apple moving some of its keys or moving into China. Right. Will the Chinese government have access I mean, to it? Is that me- in the metaphorical sense, I'm not saying Apple is selling yeah. your information. Google but what are you going to sure. are you going to fight Google? Sure. Are oh. you going to fight oh. Facebook? This is the thing. To answer the question, social media is welfare media. I had this idea today. So what are you going to do? Nothing. What do you do with your welfare check? Nothing. This is social media is welfare media. I had right. this revelation today in the yeah, shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I wrote down some notes about it to back up the point. So just like the government, social media is worth billions of, of dollars. Mm. But who do you know that's a social media user that makes money off of social media? I know some people that turn it into money, but they don't make money from it itself. Right. I know some people like Michael Malice has a few hundred thousand followers. He's right. like a troll and an author. Right. And his his <clears throat> his supporters will give him money just to do what he does, to right. be mean on Twitter. Just to be mean. Whatever. So that's very rare. That's not exactly it's an anomaly. You can you can have fifty thousand followers on Twitter and never see a dime from any of them. You can turn that, you can funnel them into a product you have. Yeah. So that's one way. Welfare media. You get likes in return for your personal data. 
Right. So you post something like I did on Twitter where I am, what you I'm just, doing. You just said some, and, and they're gonna. There's men are gonna come in into boom. this room. I don't get money for that. <laughs> I don't right. get money for that. Right. Right. But right. I do get some likes that I then right. get to click on and enjoy. And that releases a little bit of serotonin into your brain. Some dopamine. So you know, social media is welfare media. Right. Strange rules that can be applied to dissidents. So you can be like, you can say the tiniest wrong thing on social media right. and get kicked off, even though you have 150,000 followers. Well, I mean, and depend, they just it say, depends on how well they like you. You, exactly. So the strange rules, same thing with welfare. Because I've seen some, I, I didn't even. Same thing with welfare. I found porn on Instagram, man, the other Sweet. week. It was like a week ago. And I was, in, uh, I was on Instagram and I don't know, it might've been TikTok. No, it was TikTok. And I was on TikTok, and I saw like, like this wasn't like a uh, like a like a, I saw a boob, like this was full on. There's some things going on here. Nice. And I was like, yo, how did this slip through the cracks? And I've seen suggested <laughs> things <laughs> on slip Instagram. Slip through the cracks. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. dude, that's the name of like my next sex tape right uh, there. Slip through the cracks. Yeah. Go on. Crack slipping. Oh wow, wow. <laughs> um, there's also rampant abuse, right. just like with the welfare system and right. meal tickets and stuff. People right. sell their meal tickets or they go and they buy a whole bunch of stuff with their meal tickets and right. they sell right. it or something right. like right. that. Right, 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 Same thing with social media. Fake like buying, fake sharing, all of it. The, the, is... the, the, the amount of correlations, not causation, but the amount of correlations I, I, I had today in the shower between welfare and social media. And then when I switched to welfare media, right, it right. makes tons of sense. So, of course, they're going to sell your data. You're a welfare recipient. I mean, what would you do? That's the exchange. Yeah. And in exchange, you go into their farm. You don't leave their farm. You don't make your own stuff. Right. You don't build your own platform. Right. You don't build your own communities. They feed you it for yourself. And right. you never get better for it. You never get anything from it. No. The rules are changing depending on what manager is in charge that time. Dude, I, I that's what's happening. So right, that's, right. is that what happening? That's an aspect to what's happening. Right. Where of course we're not gonna fight back because we're social welfare media recipients. We're recipients. And and sleep on that tonight. Isn't that crazy? It's insane. And I am the biggest slut for <laughs> I'm the biggest slut for social media, but I'm I'm the kind of person that hides in plain sight. Um, so in in my instance, I just have so much shit. You know, yeah. you'll you'll never know where I am. Uh, so well, with- I, I, I use it. I try to use it to drive traffic to my own personal stuff. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, the the longer I'm on these major sites, the long the more I realize the less they're doing for me. Hmm. Um, they choose where my stuff gets seen and where it doesn't get seen. Facebook's demonetized me a long time ago. I don't know why. They didn't tell me. They said that I was spreading adult material. I've never spread adult material on Facebook. And the thing that they said was adult material was me and a very old man sitting at a table in clothes. It could have been like a a, a GAN network were you making, holding each other? No, in nothing. A way? We're like we're just we're just sitting at a table, looking mm. at each other. And they said, yeah, "This cannot be promoted. Your account has been deactivated for spreading um, adult material. That's unsuitable." I'm like, but the guy was kind of anti-Korean, so that might have been it. Maybe and Facebook knew that. So, again, I don't know. But anyways, the decentralization of social media is coming just like with the decentralization of currencies with mm. crypto mm. and just like with the decentralization of 
digital assets like the non-fungible tokens. Oh, it's Jack coming. Dorsey just it's sold coming. his first tweet for $2 million Research as a non-fungible it. token. Yeah. Uh, all of this stuff is coming. Sold so that's tweet. the answer is when people begin to take advantage of the networks for their own selves mm. and not embed themselves in other people's networks and expect to just receive uh, accolades for the for their wokeness. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a type of digital enslavement and it's coming and it's rampant, but more people and especially those who are more liberal, liberal in the classical liberal sense, like people who want to be free and liberal, mm. are, see these constraints escalating and are increasingly finding ways outside of it. And a lot of these people like engineers from India, they go and work for Facebook for five years. After five years, they're just like, this place stinks. I'm going to yeah. go back to India and make my own shit, make yeah. it really cool. Yeah. yeah. You know gonna... what they do? They go back and farm Bitcoin, man. That's right. They uh, farm Bitcoin know? and then they they create an entire ecosystem of, of monetary exchange in a market where people benefit from using it mm. and not from, not from people just writing woke rants mm. against mm. conservatives mm. and expect 50 likes to appear the next day when they open up their browser that tracks them everywhere they go. You know, I think that is just insensitivity Losers. to what people are, are, are sensitive to. You, you gotta, you gotta know your audience, man. You gotta know people. And I think if you expect something from the system, then you need to put out something good. That's it. Yeah, hopefully informative. I don't know. I, I in the future, I don't with with the podcasting and stuff like that. It's increasingly um, dimmer as to where things are going because mm. everything mm. is shattering into this into this enigmatic crypto frenzy. Yeah, yeah, and it's decentralizing more and more. Yeah, so we kind of super centralized in the past ten years onto platforms like Facebook and right, Twitter. Right, but we're going to probably see a super decentralization in the next. Oh, dude, and I'm for it. In the I next, can't wait for in it. the next three weeks. Oh yeah, in the next three to four weeks, man, there's going to be some decentralization happening. So I let's let's, you let's that. focus on that. That's yeah. where the culture's at. Yeah. I like playing music and stuff like that, but. Music's dead in a lot of ways, you know? Like, yeah. I love it. I still plan yeah. on buying your yeah. microphones and stuff yeah. like that. But. You know, I, I go to live houses right now. Um, well, not, you know, right now, but, like, I, I, I've, like, the last live house I went to, and I performed, and I just, you know, I went there, and, and I'm like, man, this place just is not designed to host an artist. And when I go to a real live house, when I go to a live house that has a sound system that's set up to, to take your sound, say like for you to go there as Matt Bigelow, you have your band and you do your thing. There's a lot of places that are set up to do this. The sound sounds freaking amazing, but they're just not making any money. No. Because no one's going to a live house. No one's paying $40, you know, $30 plus That's a one half drink. Year subscription for Netflix. Yeah. That's you what we're stay up against. at home. And we're that's what they want that. you. That's a, they, so for me... Looking forward, I want to find ways to empower myself outside, doing things where I, instead of centralizing access on myself, yeah, I decentralize my access to the world, meaning I broaden my range of opportunities. So I, I don't that. just replace one system with another one. I incorporate both systems and use them to and my create advantage. an entirely new system. Do man. I get likes for it? No. But no, do I get access not. to more things? Yes. Dude, I'll tell you. The successful guy, I'm on Clubhouse now, and, I, and the successful people that I meet on Clubhouse, they're always guys that have like, you know, 
15,000 followers, which is not a lot in today's society. No. It's almost you know, impossible to get that much as a gaijin right. in Japan, by the way. Right, right, right. I know people right. that have done uh, books for Abe, mm. the previous mm. prime minister. Mm. He has like 5,000 followers. Right, right. And, and like that's, the people with that's the, gaijin peak it's, in it's, Japan. You know, this the, the effect of this, it's, it's funny because the effect of like the technology is, you know, it's, 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 in, it's, it's advancing so quickly. Um, and Japan is so far in terms of uh, societal trends. Uh, they're so far behind. It's still that, the 90s here. Yeah, they're still in the 90s. Like, you, you listen to hip-hop, and it sounds like 90s hip-hop out here sometimes. And so so Japan is a lot, a lot of times so far behind in societal trends that you see what, what I... This is what I see, right? What I see is when you look up a Japanese artist, and they'll say, like, Exile, for instance. Exile does not have close to the views that Justin Bieber does. Not even, no. It's, it's there not, is no yeah. Exile song out there that it's, has it's, as much hype on it as Justin Bieber. And I would say that's the same with country, foreign countries. Countries are catching up. Uh, there's like Zambia. I met an artist out there um, online, you know? And I look online, and his video is already doing 50,000 views. And I think so that that's the result, right, of technology being it's reaching places like that. Sure. He accesses if you're from that, a poor and he's country figuring with out eighty system. million people yeah. and they can get YouTube on their phones. Yeah. You can just send that out and you can get fifty thousand people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think in Japan, because Japan is so reluctant to change that it's already we're, it's already lit. That's why we're we're, we're we're it's 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 the most advanced and the most archaic at the same time. So yeah. when you see an it's artist peak nineties. It's peak nineties. That's why I make city pop. Yeah. That's why I make city pop. We're living in an interesting time, Matt. It's I think we're going to see a lot of time, uh, a lot of changes. Uh, I think we're, we're, we're definitely going to see uh, freaking androids in our lifetime. Um, that was in today's news that we didn't get to. Um, more and more robots comp- robotic companies are oh, offering man, I, last I, mile delivery services. Man, I saw one in Korea. I, there, there was the woman that was a robot, and it talked, and it moved, and it did the things, and it was everything short of like walking up to you like a real person, you know, so yeah. it's coming. It's but I coming. mean delivery. I mean stupid little robots that are just plastic boxes that move around Yeah, that connect to a 5G network with the most advanced information do that's they, completely separated from us because it's wireless. Dude, they, ha- they have it in uh, the Shibuya uh, Stream Excel Hotel. Yeah. It's in there. Yeah, they have. Have you? They have a robot in there that will bring you your order, your drinks, and your food. It will bring it to your room. And you know why I know about it? I had some clients that were staying at the uh, the hotel at the XL. Not quite, but kind of. I literally, I went in the elevator. I was showing these clients. I was like, okay, we're gonna go downstairs and we're gonna go in and we're gonna do our activities for the day. Right? A robot pulls up to the elevator, opens the door gets in, waits with us, exits the door, goes to the room that it's been ordered to go to and delivers whatever yeah. it is. And it was just like a room right next to the elevator so we could see the whole thing happening. It opens with with wireless wire and communications. Like, it mind blown, man. It interacts with the with the elevator panel Completely wirelessly. Completely independent. Like the yeah. staff don't understand what this is. <clears throat> no one really knows what this no, is. But it's storming our lives and more it's and more. coming. 
And see, it's delivery. It's to your door. They, we have to get used to being. You gotta get used to being around robots. Boxes. Yeah. The robots will deliver it to us. Yeah. 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 We will work at home, and the robots will deliver it to us. And then when we use our facial quotations around our faces to authorize the payment, it'll take a picture of us, read our biometric data, understand how much we're paying. And then cross-reference it to how much we're working and how much we're typing per minute and understand how much we're, we're contributing to society That's in it, real man. time. That's it. A robot's going to come to your door and be like, you're garbage. <laughs> going to give you the low-end Coca-Cola. RC for you. Where can people find you? We got to go. You can, Yeah, we had fun today. We had a fun one today. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Spotify under 120. Be sure to check out my brand new song, Torah Torah. That's my single. It's out on all major platforms. Be sure to stay tuned for the music video as it will be freaking epic. As I've said, there is art released uh, on OpenSea as an NFT. Uh, we're in the process of putting that up right now. There's already some stuff up. Make sure you guys check it out. Matt Bigelow, take it away. MatthewPMBigelow.com, MatthewPMBigelow.com. Like, subscribe, and share, tell a friend. The Japan What Podcast, streaming on all applications now.